Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me today in the studio is my beautiful wife, Joanna, and her camera's not working. So right now, she is a black rectangle, because her screen, <laughs> the camera is not coming through. Uh, and let me tell you. When you start a podcast that's supposed to be live 20 minutes late, you're not feeling the most spiritual that you've ever felt because you've just been, you know, pulling your hair out for 20 minutes trying to get stuff to work. So here we are. So Joanna, welcome to the studio. You You look amazing. Oh, you look better (laughs) than you've ever looked in the studio. I don't know what you did. I wish the people at home could see you. (laughs) but they cannot. Oh, you're just buttering me up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we are going to talk about, or I should say our uh, title is Christian family planning for success. And we already have someone watching us live and we appreciate you being on here with us, Lindsay. So we are talking about Christian family and planning for success. And the reason we are talking about this is because today, I should actually say yesterday, it is sundown, the sun has set, and over the last two days was the holy day, Rosh Hashanah. And that led us to doing a little bit of introspection and planning. So I wanted to start out by just explaining what the holy day of Rosh Hashanah is and what you know, kind of our little tradition here was. And I thought that even with the holy day of Rosh Hashanah aside, I think that the topic is really good for Christian families. So that's why, you know, you and I are talking about it tonight. So bear with me. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bible. We're going to be in the Old Testament. We're just going to mention what this feast is and what's going on. And then uh, after that, we're going to get into kind of our topic, which is talking about uh, Christian families, children, you know, the church, how to raise a good family and how this all applies. So to begin, if you go all the way back in the book of Exodus, we're looking at the time when Moses was freeing uh, the nation of Israel from Egypt. So Moses goes in, he tells Pharaoh to let my people go. Pharaoh says, no, get lost. And then God, through Moses and Aaron, perform 10 miracles that we typically call the 10 plagues. And the plagues kind of beat up on the nation of Egypt and Pharaoh and his people. And over the course of a little bit of time, uh, they finally relent. And Pharaoh says, you know what? We've had enough. Please leave. So then what happens is we, and, and, and this comes from the last plague, which is the Passover, which is certainly the most famous plague that we read about uh, back there in Egypt. And it is the beginning of one of the feast days that uh, God's people continue to celebrate for um, centuries. And then what happens is we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is a week long. And that also had to do with them fleeing from Egypt. So they weren't able to, they didn't have the time to let their dough rise. They fled with their 
they ate the Passover supper with their shoes on their feet and they they fled with their kneading trowels and they weren't able to, you know, let the bread rise. So they ate unleavened bread for this period of time. And then in that week, you have the feast of first fruits. Okay. That's just very mm. fast and dirty mm. yeah. history of the beginning of the feast days. So then what you find is you count from <clears throat> the Feast of First Fruits, which is always on a Sunday, and you count 50 days. You actually count seven Sabbaths, seven weeks is 49 days, and the next day is the Feast of Pentecost. Now, out of every feast day in the Bible, that's the one that Christians mostly know about mm -hmm, because yep. we read about Pentecost again. It's a very big event in Acts chapter 2 with the new church that Jesus started after he ascended into heaven. There is the, uh, the, the night of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes and it, there's a big to-do. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that Pentecost did not start in Acts chapter 2. Pentecost started back in the book of Exodus. And what happened was Moses and the nation of Israel, they left Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea and they actually traveled down the Sinai Peninsula quite a ways. And then they crossed uh, the Red Sea and I don't have maps. I'm just kind of giving a quick lesson here. We can, <clears throat> we can look it up and get into maps later. And then what they did was they, <clears throat> they went to Mount Sinai. So that was their first destination that God brought them to. If you want to look up where Mount Sinai is, <clears throat> you can Google the Mount of Amens in Saudi Arabia. And one thing that's neat about it is you find that the top 25%, uh, top third of the mountain is charred black from some kind of mm -hmm. fire. I've seen that yeah, in pictures. It's really neat. And yeah. it, it, this did not happen to any of the other mountain peaks around it. And one of the other things you find is that uh, when you read through the book of Exodus and the book of Leviticus, you find that, and, and I should really just stop with the book of Exodus because that's when M Moses was on Mount Sinai. God came down onto the top of the mountain in a flame of fire uh, more than once. So <clears throat> that's what we believe is Mount Sinai, the Mount of Amens in Saudi Arabia. When Moses went up onto Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments and received the law of the Lord, and he received the, I call them the blueprints to build the tabernacle, that was Pentecost. That was the first Pentecost. That's what happened on the first Pentecost. So then what you have is later on, you have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and, the, uh, uh, and you have Sukkot. Yom, uh, Rosh Hashanah, which was this weekend, it ended at Sunday. It, it ended at sundown this Sunday evening. Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets, and I want to just read to you now a little bit about what the Bible calls Rosh Hashanah when it first showed up in Exodus. I'm going to read a handful of verses, and then we're going to kind of go into a little bit of New Testament theology uh, and then we're going to get into how it's celebrated today and we're going to talk about christian families i promise we're taking the long way around but we are going to talk about christian families but i don't feel like i'd be doing 
the podcast justice if we didn't get into the Bible first. Any thoughts so far? Anything you want to jump in with? Any? No, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So in Exodus chapter 19, uh, in verses 10 through 20, we find that uh, during this time, uh, God is giving the Torah at Mount Sinai. And what this is going to do later on, we're going to see that God wanted to deal with the nation of Israel. And uh, this is going to be a picture, I believe, of the rapture one day. So Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets. So let's pick it up in Exodus chapter 19, starting in verse 10. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto the people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and be ready against the third day. For the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bounds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed to yourselves that ye go not up into the mount, or touch the border of it, whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death there shall uh, no man uh, there shall no boy i got a typo here from the printer um i think uh, there shall no man's hand touch it but he shall surely be stoned or shot through whether it be beast or man it shall not live when the trumpet soundeth long they shall come up to the mount And Moses went down from the mount unto the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, Be ready against the third day. Come not at your wives. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount, and Mount Sinai was altogether on smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of the furnace, and the whole mount quaked uh, greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice, and the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount, and the Lord God called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And you know what? I just... So, is that why it's called Feast of Trumpets? Well... (laughs) I really never knew. Yes, and what we find later on, so in Leviticus 23, verses 23 to 25, uh, we read about, you know, um, Rosh Hashanah um, gives a little bit more instruction. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, that's what this is in the Jewish Mm -hmm. calendar, in the first day of the month, ye shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made on Uh, by fire unto the Lord. All right, so one thing that you have to understand, and this is a little weird because people would say, well, Rosh Hashanah, which we should should all know, is the new year. This Mm -hmm. is the celebration of the new year in the Jewish calendar. The first thing people will ask is, I thought you said it was the seventh month. Right. Well, I did. It is the seventh month. Then you say, well. Why is it? Why is it the new year? So one thing a lot of folks don't understand, unfortunately, is that there are two Jewish calendars. God set up a calendar all the way back in the book of Genesis with Noah. 
and God said, this is the first month and this is the such and such day of this month and this is how it works. And then what happened is we read later on in the book of Exodus, and you know what? I don't even think I put this, I didn't even set this, yeah, I didn't even give myself the notice. So sorry, folks, you're going to have to do some of your own homework. Later on in the book of Exodus, we're talking, you know, century or so later, God tells Moses with the nation of Israel, this is going to be the first month in your calendar. And he was talking about the month of Nisan, Nisan being the month that has the Passover. So what happened was God didn't give them like 12 new months with new names. Mm -hmm. All God did was hit the reset button on the calendar and said, okay, today in the middle middle of the year, God said, this is the beginning of months. So what Mm -hmm. they have till through till today is they have a civil calendar and they have a religious calendar and all it is, it is off. So you start counting the beginning of the civil calendar here. You start counting the beginning of the religious calendar here. So what we are talking about, so the calendar that we read about throughout the entire Bible is the religious calendar. Okay. And the first day of that religious calendar so the religious year it's kind of like how we have the we have the fiscal year and we have the the calendar year when you're doing your taxes so Mm -hmm. it can be it can be off it's the same situation so the beginning of months in the religious calendar is the month of nisan and that month on the 14th day of the first month is when you have passover and when you're reading through the whole bible every time god is talking to the nation of israel he is using the religious calendar. Why do you think he re- why did he do that, do you think? Um, so I can get oh, okay, so one of the reasons he did that is to hide some really neat truths about the Bible. Mhm. from the people who are not willing to study it out and do their own homework. Mhm. Okay. So what you find is that there are events that happen during the civil calendar that we find all the way back in the days of Noah in Genesis chapter, I think, seven and eight. And that happened in the civil calendar. And someone might say, okay, well, why did the Holy Spirit give us those dates? Right. Okay. So now I feel like I got to look this up and tell everyone. (laughs) Okay. All right. So going back to Genesis, folks, I haven't even, this is. Yeah, we're all over the place here. This is going to be, this is going to go great. Okay, here we go. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 4. And the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountains of Ararat. Mm -hmm. Okay. The seventh month on the 17th day the ark came to rest and this was the beginning of noah's new life they're right. done with the mm-hmm. water the ark came to rest mm-hmm. why did the holy spirit tell us it was the seventh month of the 17th day why does that matter um it I matters mean, uh, because what we find out is that later on in exodus 
we find out that the seventh month of the civil calendar is the first month of the religious calendar, the month of Nisan. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> totally lost I'm so far. It hasn't hit yet. It hasn't landed. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> Was that obvious to everyone else? No, it's not obvious to anyone. All I'm saying is and okay. And I'm the only I one that know. gets excited about this stuff. I think this is awesome. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> You're okay. going to have to spell this out for I'm going to spell it out for everybody. If anyone could see my face, so. <laughs> blood stare. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so the seventh month, the 17th day. So follow me. The seventh month in the civil calendar is the first month in the religious calendar in the month of Nisan. On the 10th day of the first month of the religious calendar, the Jews were to take to them, each family, a lamb. Mm-hmm. They were to keep that lamb with their family. Yeah. And then what they were to do on the 14th day of the first month was they were to kill Mm -hmm. that lamb. Yeah, Passover lamb. Right? So that was the 14th day. The lamb dies. Well, when you go several centuries later, we find out that Jesus was the Passover lamb. Mm -hmm. He was crucified on the 14th day of the first month, the month of Nisan. You say, well, that's great, Patrick. It's talking about... <laughs> I mean, I do think that's The really 17th neat. day. Right. Well, what happened three days later? Oh, he rose. He rose. Right. Yeah. So the ark comes to rest upon the mountains of Ararat mm. on the exact same day of the year that Jesus comes forth out of the tomb. Wow. But you would never know that if you didn't do your homework and see that there was a civil calendar and then seven months into it, God hits the reset button and says, this is the beginning of months for you. And that's the religious calendar. So the month of Nisan, which is the seventh month in the civil calendar, is the first month in the religious calendar. And on the 14th day is when they kill the lamb for Passover. And that meant nothing to any of the Mm -hmm. Jews in the Old Testament. Except that three days after after they crucified Jesus, it turned out it was a Sunday. And that's the Feast of First Fruits. Mm -hmm. It's always on a Sunday. Jesus rose on the first day of the week. Noah and his ark came to rest on what would one day be the Feast of First Fruits with Moses in Egypt Mm, and the day of resurrection for Jesus, the Messiah. Wow. I never would have put that together. Yeah, nobody Not in a million years. Nobody likes doing the math in the Bible. But Mm. every time God gives us numbers and dates, they're in there for a reason. There are special little nuggets of truth that Mm -hmm. we can learn about and we can study and can be interesting to us but who's willing to put in the time right well most people are not i mean i i never (laughs) could have put that together though i don't know if i could have put that together so here's here's what you have to do if you want to learn how to be a great bible teacher the very first thing you have to ask yourself is this question and you ask yourself this question every time you open the bible and read it why is that there? Yeah. I've done that a lot. I'm reading through and I'm like, why 
What's that for? You got it. What's that then, detail in there for? So I, I just don't always know personally how to find out. I get it. But that's the that's step one <laughs> is why is that even what in there? What is that? Okay, God put it in. It wasn't a mistake. No, right. God right. didn't just throw it in there because he needs some B-roll in his documentary to fill up time. <laughs> okay, God put it in there for a reason. All right, mm-hmm. we are okay, so now. all <laughs> over the place. So, <clears throat> okay, so the Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, what this is going to look forward to, I believe, this is conjecture. I don't want anyone thinking that I'm setting a date or, or predicting the future. But what we find is that all the major events in the life of Christ happened on holy days. His birth, his resurrection, his baptism, his crucifixion, they all happened on a holy day. I believe his second coming is going to happen on a holy day. I believe it's going to be the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17, if you can remember what we just read about in Exodus and the people going to meet God on the mountain, Mm -hmm. listen to this in 1 Thessalonians 4, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That's what God was doing on Mount Sinai. He was going to descend to meet the people. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. And one of the things that Moses told the people is you guys are going to meet God in so many days. You need to purify yourselves. You need to be prepared for that. Yeah. So it's the same. It's a reflection of us getting saved. I think it is. To be you know, prepared, that's sure. what you do. You know, and if someone doesn't think that, that's fine. But, you know, well, I, 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 get that. I certainly see it. All right. So now, how does this have anything to do with what we're talking about today with a Christian family? Well, in Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year in the Jewish calendar. So we were taught. Not, the, not, not so the religious the one. one. Not the religious one. Because in what? the religious oh, no. one, <laughs> we're in the seventh month. Oh, wait. So this, this is, is Rosh Hashanah. This Rosh oh. Hashanah in the religious calendar in the seventh month is the first day of the new year in the civil calendar. Okay, so why do we follow the civil calendar for the feast days? We don't. All the feast days are based on the religious calendar. It just so happens that Rosh Hashanah lines up with the civil calendar. Okay. So it's the new year on the civil calendar, the first calendar that God gave to Noah. All right. So that's why, even though it's the seventh month, we still call it the first of the year. Mm-hmm. This is the new year. Okay. Okay. So that answers that question, albeit poorly. Um, th- that's where, that's how it fits. All right. So it is a fall holiday and it takes place in the beginning of the month of Tishri, which is the seventh month of the Jewish religious calendar counting from Nisan, which is uh, the first month of the Jewish religious calendar, which we find in the spring. Now, it is a time of rejoicing, but it is more importantly a time of introspection. It's time to take stock of one's life. 
And it is in preparation of the next holy day that is coming, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the most holy day of the year in the Jewish calendar. Yom Kippur is the one day of the year where the high priest goes into the temple, goes into the Holy of Holies, and communes with God. So, again, and we can maybe talk about this next week, and maybe I can be a little bit better prepared rather than just trying to recall all this from memory. On Yom Kippur, it is a day when um, we are commanded to fast. So if, if, if nobody has ever fasted before, just look up the dates. You can fast on Yom Kippur. You will be fasting with millions and millions of people mm-hmm. all around the world. It's a special day, okay, for uh, fasting. It is a day when we go to God and we ask God to forgive us. This, Rosh Hashanah, the week before, is in preparation of Yom Kippur. Where we look at our life, we take stock in our life, and we look at where are my failures, where do I need to get better, where do I need to improve, what can I do? I hate to compare it to a New Year's resolution because, you know, that's, you know, a secular idea, but I believe that secular idea came from what the Bible says. This this time when we would take stock of our lives and decide to make changes. Okay, so what Joanna and I did, so let's now talk about Christian families and try to bring this around full circle and kind of give an idea for everyone that I think will be very helpful if people do this. So what we did was Joanna and I met and we, you know, got out pen and paper and we talked about what does our family look like? What do we want to change? What are what things in our family are getting in the way of us uh, being good, strong Christians? What is getting in the way of our family being um, more of a force for God? What do we need to get rid of? What do we need to start doing? Where are we failing? What's lacking? And we just talked about, and we went over several different uh, subjects. We went over spiritual, we went over financial, we went over um, our kids, we went over uh, physical. Uh, so we went over a lot of different subjects and we just tried to talk about, okay, what are we doing wrong? What do we need to change? What can make our family better? So to give you an example, you know, we did this uh, last year as well. Um, and financially what we were talking about today was really just how is it going with our new financial plan Mm -hmm. with money for our family? And we kind of started that plan, um, well, just a little bit before the, uh, before what we would call our new year, you know, where we put in place the plan and decided, you know, um, we're going to start this on the first and we've been going for, almost three quarters of the year now because we're about halfway through September 
and we just decided that we wanted to be a little bit more responsible with the money that God gives us. And we decided we are going to, you know, we always would pay our tithe. We would give God 10% of every dollar that we earn, we find, we're gifted. I mean, if it falls out of the sky, okay, we could give God 10% of that. But other than that, we said, okay, we want to we want to invest this percentage of the money that comes in. We want to save this percentage of the money that comes in. We want to invest this percentage of the money that comes in in another avenue. And um, we decided we're going to you know start paying this much extra on our mortgage every month, and we're going to try to get our house paid off more quickly. We just went through and we said, look, this is how much money we made we must have wasted a lot of it because you know yeah <laughs> it, it's more that we looked at this is what our bills are and this is this you know and and don't get me wrong you know um we did some big projects around the farm that were good and we're glad we spent money on a few things but what we saw was we could be doing better with the money that god mm-hmm. gives us so let's make a change this year we revisited that and said, okay, what do we think? How's it going? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Wondering if we should make changes, but we decided no. Yeah. In the in the area of finances, we decided we're going to continue. We're going to stick with, you know, what we were mm-hmm. doing, and we were happy with that. Now, to give everyone some Bible to go along with this, if you go to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, you read, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's a very famous verse. And it's a verse that I would encourage every father to kind of make their, I don't want to say their mantra, but it needs to be a verse that is in the forefront of their mind. As the father, the head of the household, you need to have a vision for your family. And what I was explaining just in the description of this video is simply families fail because they don't discuss goals they don't set goals and then the plan is the practical steps we are going to take to accomplish that goal so if you don't do this if you don't decide and, and you don't have to just do it once a year and it doesn't have to be on rosh hashanah we did this because this is kind of one of the ways we celebrate this holy day okay it all of the holy days are meant to be a blessing to us and we wanted this to be a blessing to our family so we sat down and we did this you can do this more than once you know personally i think it would be a good idea for us to maybe you know do this at the six month mark as well you know and just Mm kind of like you know check back in but there are so many people that never do this and a year goes by and all of a sudden they're wondering man nothing got better And your life will be exactly the same if you don't set goals and form plans to achieve those goals. You have to have that conversation. You have to talk about goals, whether they be financial or spiritual or or otherwise. And then you have to put plans in place. And you need to do this with your family. It's a good thing to do. It's how a family can be strong. It's how a family can see a problem that's coming up and say, hey, this is not good for us. And we're just kind of letting this thing go. And we need to address it. So that's what we did. Any thoughts so far? Oh, well, um, after we went through our uh, different goals for us and the kids, I was thinking well, exactly what you just said. How 
you need to put this plan in place and how often we just get in a rut and on autopilot. We never hit reset. We just keep doing the same things and how good it is what we're doing. Just taking a moment to stop, think about, take a inventory of the different parts of our lives and adjust what needs to be adjusted and make a plan to do it. Anyway, I just thought I was thinking the same thing. That was one of my points. Yeah, great. (laughs) You beat me me to it. No, no, that's good. (laughs) It's it's so easy to get in that rut and just keep going. It is. And especially, I find it's even more so with kids. Yeah. I get in a deep rut. Oh, I'm tired. Just let them do that. It's fine. Whatever's going on. (laughs) I don't want to be bothered right now. Just ignore it. and It'll be okay. I'm sure it'll be okay. Head in the sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, ostrich parenting well you get tired you do you know it's <laughs> hard it's emotional. a lot of work um nothing we're not saying anything we're talking about is easy we're not <laughs> saying you're going to want to do it we're just saying look if you want to have a good strong successful family you gotta you know, put if, effort in you gotta put a lot of effort in way more oh, whatever amount yeah. you think you need to put in you got to put in so double much it. more <laughs> yeah <laughs> double it when i look at our family all i ever see are our failures and that's a problem with me it's the same with my life <laughs> right okay when now i look I in the mirror me. i see you know patrick's failing with this and he needs to shore up this and he needs mm-hmm. to change that no matter how many successes we have as a family or I personally have, I don't, I don't take a victory lap. You know, I don't pat myself on the back. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about how great I am. You really should. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I do it all the time. Look, Oh boy, (laughs) I'm so good. We are doing great. I just continually look at, okay, great. We, you know, we succeeded here. We made a change. It's good for me. It's good for my family, whatever. What can I do next? I want to grow. I want to be better. All right. So let's talk about some stuff that we changed. What did we do today? (laughs) What did we need to do to be better? So what I decided was I was going to spend all of my time writing down Joanna's failures <laughs> and I'd like to read them to you now. Oh no. <laughs> Those not many, I see. This paper is empty. So one of the things that we decided about that I'm excited about. Okay, so how about this before we even go any further? I also ran through this exercise with our kids. So I got them out and we talked about all this and we got them each a pad and paper and we wrote down the other kind of titles, you know, spiritual, financial, uh, physical. And we went through and we said, okay, what areas of Mm -hmm. your life do you need? Where are you failing? Where are you not happy with your own Mm -hmm. life and you want to make a change? And we talked about it and the kids had some questions and I gave them like, 20 30 minutes and they worked on it and i went out and checked on them and answered some more questions and then after that they wanted to continue working on it a little more Mm -hmm. and then i went out and we kind of all shared what was on our list see that by itself i thought was really good i've Mm -hmm. made countless goals for myself in my my life so many i i mean yeah i don't know where that came from probably new year's resolutions but Mm -hmm. i never even thought to tell the kids hey this is a good exercise yeah and i was so glad you thought of it because um well duh 
They should. <laughs> There's so many things like that where I'm doing it and I don't even think, oh, I need to teach this to my kids. Yep. Oh, my and, goodness. And that was one of the points that I brought up. I said, look, guys, you guys are going to be uh, out of the house at some point. And when you're out of the house, you may look at your life and say, you know what? I don't like this part of my Mm -hmm. life. I don't like the way this is going. I feel like I'm lazy in this area. I feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to hear. I feel like I'm wasteful here. You guys can do this exercise where you just get out a piece of paper and you, you're you honest with yourself. You write down, what are my faults and failures? What are the things in my life that I'm not happy with that I want to change so that I can improve? And then after you write those down, you're going to set your goal. So I'm totally neglecting this thing. Okay, great. So, you know, one of our kids uh, said, you know what? Um, I don't feel like I pray enough. And I said, mm-hmm. okay, great. And I said, so, you know, what's your goal? He says, well, I want to pray more. I said, great. How are you going to do it? He's like, what do you mean? I said, well, you need to write down who, what, when, where, why, and when how. When am I going to do this? You how got many it. minutes? You right. got it. And that's exactly what we went mm-hmm. over is where are you going to pray? Good. Okay. Where? I said, there's got to be a spot because it's a room. It's a house full of eight people. Can you find a quiet spot? Where do you think it's going to work? Uh, when are you going to do this? You're going to do it in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, before bed, after dinner. You know, what do you have a plan? If you don't plan it, it's probably not going to happen. Nobody. How about this? And I, I always bring it back to someone who is successful physically, someone who goes to the gym, someone who's in great shape, someone who can run for miles and miles, someone who achieves goals physically. Cause mm-hmm. I was an athlete my whole life. I was an athlete in college. I was an athlete. You had to have goals. And the only people that achieved those goals were the ones that had a plan, a very specific plan as to how to achieve that goal. And what they had to do was they had to know mm-hmm. when I'm going to train, how I'm going to train. Am I going to train with someone? What's my diet going to be like? What's the regimen? They had to have a plan. Nobody gets in great shape haphazardly. Like, ah, I feel like working out today. Maybe I'll do it. That's not going to shed the pounds and make you strong. The plan is every single day I get up and I do this many body weight squats. And what I'm going to do is every so many weeks, I'm going to add this many more. And that's how I'm going to get stronger. And I'm going to, it's a plan. You have a time, you have a way you're going to do it. It is no different spiritually. So he came up with, okay, I'm going to pray for five minutes. I said, great. I'm going to do it at this time. I'm going to do it in this place. And he said, I'd like to slowly increase the amount of time that I pray. Hmm. I said, that's also great. I said, how about we get you a little notebook just little marble pad notebook, <clears throat> something that can fit in your pocket. And you can write down the things you want to pray for. So that way you don't forget. So you can go through your prayer list and it's a good way to keep track of what you're praying for and when those prayers come true. So anyway, that was one of them. Other kids had financial goals. Other kids had physical goals. There were lots of different things they wanted to do, stop or start doing. And we just went over some of the, you know, kind of mm-hmm. how to yeah that's great yeah um i really don't have more to add other than i think that's wonderful and i wished i'd thought of it <laughs> but you did <laughs> but and now after the podcast i'm curious who said what we'll find out later <laughs> well and you can ask the kids i will you know 
Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think of what I was going to add to that, but sure. Uh, no, just again, them having goals for themselves. Why on earth did I not think of that earlier? Well, and really, it's just it's good for someone to you know put it down, pen and paper, form a plan, rather than because. If you don't go through the process of having a goal and a plan, then it's really just a yeah, hope and a dream. Happen. Yeah, and you know, um, hopes and dreams don't usually come true. Mm-hmm. Usually, there. there's there's a plan okay. of action. I did have a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Give so, me. Uh, one of our boys said he wants to run a mile every day, and mm-hmm. I, <laughs> he's, how old is he? Twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I. Um, almost resisted him. I almost suggested a lower goal. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! It's like lower the I bar, said, son. I, I feel bad. I actually was like, well, that was my response. Well, <laughs> son, mm-hmm. do you want to just like he wants to run a mile on the treadmill? I said, do you want to start off with um two days a week? Uh huh. But so I used to train for marathons, and I know the pain of over <laughs> over training. Sure. So what what do you do? Do you suddenly come out like no, that's too much, or how do you? Well, here, okay. So here's the thing: the 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 goal is to run a mile every day. Yeah, that doesn't mean you start there. Well, it's kind of where I was at. I was like, okay, okay I want to. You know, one of our kids is like, I want to squat two hundred pounds. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. You can get there. You know. Our eight-year-old's not going to get there, but our 16-year-old, if he wanted to squat 200 pounds, fine, we can get you there. We're not going to start there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the way that we're going to get there. Yeah, how do you not make them feel like they are uh, dumb or, you know, that goal's not for you, sweetheart. No, no, no. So, And that's the thing is... How do you help them achieve it reasonably? (laughs) Well, it is, it's in the plan. Okay. That's a great goal. I want to run five miles every day. That's fine. Okay. It's a great goal. It's pretty ambitious. That's a lot, Mm -hmm. but that's fine. We're not going to start there. Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to run a quarter mile every day for one week, and we're going to see how you feel. We're going to see how your knees feel. We're going to see how your muscles feel. We're going to go through that process. And we're going to teach you how to get hydrated at the appropriate time before you run. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, what to eat and how far before. And, and we're going to yeah. talk about uh-huh. some of these different things. And then at the end, uh, what we're going to do is we are going to see how you feel. And if you feel great, you feel like a million bucks, great. We're going to bump it up. We're going to try a half mile, you know, on week three or four or whenever you bump it up. So I don't see a problem with the goal I mean, honestly, that's not an outrageous goal. If it is a little too ambitious, then help him with the plan. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I wanted to do it in a nice way where he didn't feel discouraged. Like, oh, forget it. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I want to read 10 chapters of my Bible every day. Okay. Well, that's great. You know, I think that's wonderful. That is a pretty serious time commitment. And uh, it's going to be hard to do. So how about we start with four? If you mm-hmm. read four chapters a day, you will get through the entire Bible in one year. Does that sound like a great mm-hmm. goal? Okay, yeah. great. Here's a reading plan. Yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere to get through the Bible in one year. 
see how you're doing for a month. And then if you think you can bump that up, then give it a go. Okay. See if you can bump that up. See if you have the time in your schedule Mm -hmm. and we're going to help you get there. Okay. So now let me bring up something that I put on my list that is going to try to help with the planning and the execution. So I had everyone in the family email me their goals and just a very brief plan of the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Yeah, I love that. And what I'm doing is I have a notebook for each kid. So I have, you know, seven different notebooks, one for each kid and one for you. Your names are going on them. And one of the things that I'm going to do is every Friday, I'm going to check in with everybody in the family. So for me, I don't work on Fridays. I take Fridays off and I spend the day uh, reading the Bible, studying the Bible for my message that I'm going to preach at church that night. I spend the time reading other Christian books to help me, you know, broaden my knowledge base. And because I'm home, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take somewhere between five to 15 minutes, which with each person in the family, and we are going to be able to keep track of the things that we want to do because we've all been in the situation where we have these ambitious goals. We want to, you know, take on the world for Jesus and we want to change all these great things and we want to lose 40 pounds Mm -hmm. and we want to get strong and we want, we have all these great things, you know, um, which, which is wonderful, but how easy is it to just talk about it? And then it gets forgotten in a week and six months later, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, we were, (laughs) we mentioned something about, saving up money and starting a retirement fund, you know, and it never happened. So that's why what we're doing, you know, I had everyone email them to me and every Friday we're going to jot these down in the notebook and we're going to find out how are you doing with this? How is this going? How are you doing with handling your money? How are you doing with your prayer time? How are you doing with your Bible reading time? How are you doing with your pushups every morning? How's it going with whatever? And we're just going to try to help everybody to stay on track and it's a good time for me as dad who let's face it isn't at the house very much throughout the week i get time to check in with each kid and just talk to them every week it's not a tremendous amount of time but 15 minutes per kid for six kids is an hour and a half and that's some time that i get to spend with them just to reevaluate goals see if there's anything going on in their life they need help with and you know i don't want to think of it as like you know dad's you know doing a counseling session with everyone but dad is here to try to help everyone to accomplish their goals in their life and be the best version of themselves that they can be so that's something that i'm doing to try to help everyone with their goals and their plan. That's an excellent idea. Um, and I think you kind of touched on it besides just helping us with our goals and with, I mean, the kids specifically, it's going to be some special time between you and them where they can open up to you and yeah. be like another bonding point. Absolutely. Know? What else is going on in your life? Right. Do you have any questions about anything? You know, is there anything that you're scared of? Is there anything mm-hmm. that you're struggling with? 
Yeah, just and time have, to. Yeah, I've heard from other parents that are older than us that you need to keep those lines of communication open and keep them talking to you. Yeah. As they get older, so that they'll continue mm-hmm. to stay close to you and talk to you when they're past the age of, you know, you must do what I say. Yeah. To keep the influence Correct. alive and them coming to you forever, hopefully. You want to have influence over your kids. And at a certain point in their life, you only get that influence if they give it to right. you. Right. That's what their point was. Yeah. yeah. So you need to you need to foster that relationship mm-hmm. so that they value your opinion right. and they want to come to you and talk to you. The reason you're not close to your kids is because you've made no effort to be close to your kids. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Anyone that wants to be close to their kids can be close to their kids because the only thing that kids want is to be close to their mom and dad. I know all they want is my ear all That's day. It. They just want to spend time Man, with mom and dad they, and be close to them yeah. and talk to them and hang out with them and play games with them. And just So it's God set it up so that having a close relationship with your child is 100% the fault of the parent if it yeah, doesn't happen. It's so true. All you have to do is put in the time. Now, it's hard to do. You're busy. You don't have the time. Uh, some of the conversations your kids want to have with you, you just want to <laughs> blow your brains out because you're busy and oh, they're man. talking about nonsense that doesn't matter in the world. But what you got to understand is if you're not willing to sit there and listen to them and talk to them, and I don't want to say pretend to be interested, but you have to make an effort. You have to make an effort to be interested. Yeah. It, if you don't do that, then they will stop wanting to come to you and they'll find someone else that'll be interested. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to listen to the 15-minute discussion about the turtle. Yep. Or the, you know, toy or the... Grace told me the other day she got Pokemon cards and she was going on and on about them being diamond Pokemon cards. (laughs) Yeah, which means nothing to me. Okay, great. I, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're describing to me this whole thing, and I'm thinking, just listen and respond and yep. say something. Yeah, and I, I find that I force myself to ask the kids questions. Oh, to. great. What do you do with that? Oh, okay. How does this one work? You know, <laughs> and I ask them questions, and that keeps them talking. Yeah. And that's what well builds a relationship. And isn't that how we all feel? Mm-hmm. If you have something you're really into... You want to tell someone about it and you want to go on and on and on about it. Mm-hmm. And when someone will sit there and at least pretend to be interested, you feel satisfied in some way that you scratch the itch. Absolutely. I mean, I probably <laughs> I would love to talk to you for hours about mm-hmm. gardening or something, you know, something else that you probably are like, oh, come oh on. give me a break. <laughs> I've heard this. And you've heard it all, but that's how we all are. Yep. And you you have to do that with your kids. You have to put mm-hmm. in that time. You got to spend time with them. You got to listen to them. Having a good relationship with your kids is not that hard. Okay? Right. It's just mostly just a sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. We were talking about a couple other things that we wanted to do as far as, you know, making some changes. No, um, the changes we're making with the kids. Yeah. Uh, well, beyond the kids, I was just going to talk about. Some stuff that, you know, you and I talked about 
that we wanted to do. Um, we were talking about uh, setting aside time a few days a week in the evening that we could, you know, study the Bible together. Uh, we do that in the mornings. You know, we have our kind of morning routine is what I call it, where we all get together, and you know, and we read the Bible and we pray <coughs> in the mornings. But I was thinking it would be something good also to do with just you and me. Mm-hmm. So no kids involved. This is just right. mom and dad. The kids go to bed. You and I, you know, and, and I should say this also. For those of you that think you don't have the time to do this and how are you going to do it and fit it in and, and all this. Joanna and I talked about putting on a video of our favorite Bible teacher and just going through a half hour, you know, the lessons that he teaches are an hour long and he goes through books of the Bible and we're just talking about, yeah, we'll just do a half hour Mm -hmm. every, you know, and not even every evening of the week. We only said we only have this many days where it's really going to work. But that's what we were going to do, and we're going to have our Bibles out, and we can take some notes, and I can kind of get ready for teaching, you know, that same subject another time, and and you can feel like you have, you know, a Bible, uh, a book of the Bible under your belt where you feel confident with it, and you, you know, and that's all we were going to do, and we're going to have a time where it's not, it's no more time for me. I don't have, there's no prep work for me. You know, and and this is the same thing I've told people before. It's like you can start your own home Bible study. Literally just put in a DVD of a preacher that does a good job of teaching the Bible and you you, you put out a few bags of chips and have some mm-hmm. coffee on and everyone watches the thing for half an hour and then you talk about it for yeah. 15 minutes and, and you as the facilitator, all you really have to do is while you're watching this video, write down two or three questions that can be, you know, questions of discussion and bada bing, everybody goes home. You just had a Bible study. Yeah. You had someone Easy. teach the Bible. It didn't have to be you. You didn't have right. to spend hours getting ready for it. With the technology we have nowadays, it's very easy, you know, yeah. to go through this and do this. So anyway, for us, we just decided we we want to add a little bit more. We want to have something that's just the two of us and we can kind of talk about and we can, you know, um, go over the Bible a little more and 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 do it together as parents you know so that was something that we decided to add and you know we talked about we're only going to do it three nights a week because that's realistically what we have the weekends are terrible uh so we said we're not even going to try friday is church and uh on thursday uh there's a lot of uh weeks where i'll go out and play pickleball in the evening after work so we said okay let's try it you know monday tuesday wednesday you know? Yeah, it's something. Yeah, it's Better something. Better than nothing. Yep, it's a little step, <laughs> and it you know something yeah. that I was I'm excited that we're gonna do. Yeah, and I mean that kind of uh, I've been struggling. I was telling you for a long time, staying interested and in making myself sit down and be still and mm-hmm. read the Bible and pray. Like I I used to really love it in college, and when I didn't have kids and all the burdens of being a uh, a mom and a home, wife, yeah, a busy person, mm-hmm. busier. And um, it's been really hard to get back into that mental state of where I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to sit down mm-hmm. with my Bible and my coffee or whatever, because I was there for a while. I loved yeah. it. But the uh, Bible talks about the cares of the world, mm-hmm. and I do read my Bible and pray, but it's an exercise of obedience where it's been tough to just get back there. Mm-hmm. Every morning we'd get up and I'm sitting there and I can't wait 
to start to my to-do done, list. So, so I can, can get to get more back important to work. things. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited um, that you suggested it. Yeah. And just to put it out there, ladies out there, go ahead and let yourself be helped out and follow your husband and yeah. let him lead you because I needed that and I didn't think to do it. And God brought that through you. Mm-hmm. And as the wife, the weaker vessel, I didn't, I was praying about this for a long time. Like, I need help, Lord. I'm trying. I want to love your word again. And I have, he knows. Yeah. I'm like, I am so sorry, Lord. I can't wait to stop reading my Bible right now so I can get to the tasks at hand. Mm -hmm. I was straight up with him. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm putting a plug in, not well, for women to let your husband lead you because he will, God will help him do it. Mm Mm-hmm. In a way you can't. So me and the kids have been reading the Bible and praying in the morning for a couple of years, years and years. years. Yeah. 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 Um, I have wanted you to be a part of that <laughs> from day one. Mm-hmm. But you weren't. I know. You weren't getting up and doing it. And I would ask you about it a couple, three times a year. But that was it. And for me, that was one where it's like, okay, I know this is what she should be doing with the family. I know this is what I want her doing (laughs) with the family. I know this is what the kids want Mm. their mom doing with the family. (laughs) I know this is what God is telling her she should be doing with the family. Like, I, I know this is the case, okay? Textbook, clear cut time to put your foot down and say, look, this is what we gotta do, okay? Um, I never did that. I, I, was, know. I was like, she knows God's given her the pressure. He's going to be putting the screws to her. She mm-hmm. sees us doing it every week. You know, all she has to do is get up whatever this much earlier, you know, well, and be a part of it. And I w- for me, I would bring it up, but I would, you know, just casually bring it up and you would, I don't know, you know. What was in my way was getting the lunches ready and the breakfast. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times I'd be out in the kitchen mm-hmm. getting that done. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. To my, <laughs> Excuses. <laughs> no, Sorry. To my defense, when you started, mm-hmm. I was going through that one of the worst health issues I had had, and I was sure. feeling sick Yeah. in the mornings. It was harder to you know, get myself going mm-hmm. when you don't feel well. And uh, I mean, one of the things that was alleviated was I was making the lunches maybe a little bit earlier mm-hmm. or doing it at night, which I'm going to, you know, be doing now. Yeah. So that's it. Well, anyway, God made a change, you know, and now you're there and you like I am doing, doing it. it, but I, yeah, I, I go through the exercise of just obedience, just doing it out of sheer obedience because I feel under so much pressure to sure. get all these things done. And I I should comment on this because some people, uh, I've heard Christians say this, okay? Well, if you're not doing it with the joy of the Lord, then, you know, that that doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count. That's not true. (laughs) You're an idiot if you think that. I know. You are an absolute moron who doesn't know their bible if you think that obeying god doesn't count because you're not happy about it let me tell you that is not in the bible okay 
Would it be better if you loved obeying God? Sure. It would be easier. But guess what? <laughs> Back in Exodus, when Moses came down off the mountain and all the people were naked and dancing around a golden idol, and he told the Levites to get out your swords and start killing everybody that's worshiping these pagan idols, 3,000 people died that day. Mm -hmm. You want to know what? Millions of people were not worshiping an idol. And they might have really wanted to. Probably. But they, they didn't. I mean, yeah. And guess what? They were alive that day because they obeyed God. It doesn't matter if you, what you want. Okay? God loves obedience. Does God love a cheerful giver? Well, sure he does. Okay? But he wants your tithe whether you're cheerful or not. Okay, God expects obedience. So to all those morons that don't know their Bible and they think, oh, well, if you're not going to have, you know, the love of God in your heart when you do it, then you shouldn't even do it. You're an idiot. Okay, we should obey God because he says so. And there are blessings included. It has no bearing on, on the world feeling, yeah. how you feel. You're not going to feel like doing the right thing most of your life. No. I mean, I don't. I don't. <laughs> maybe I'm just not a good person. I'm the same. Anyway, yeah, I, I we think... obey God out of duty. Yeah, and that's why. I... And that's fine. Duty has won wars. Right. <laughs> Just do your duty. Yeah. I was talking with the kids about that sometime in this last week. We brought it up because you and I, with the kids in the morning, are going over the last couple chapters in the book of Exodus. And they were mind-numbingly boring and i brought that up i said kids we're reading this chapter and we're just getting through it and that's the best we're gonna do because it's talking about the boards and the fillets and the sockets and the ouches of silver mm. and the curtains and the and, yeah. you know and the you know red and blue and purple and fine twine linen and badger skins and the you know and all this stuff about making the tabernacle i'm like i I don't know what to tell you. This is boring. And we try to find a nugget here or there that, you know, we can learn something from. But one of the lessons I had was we are going to read through this and we are going to get through this. And the lesson is we read our Bible even when we don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And none of us felt like reading that chapter. It was difficult to get through. It was difficult to find something we could learn from it. We just got through it. Yeah. And that is how you obey God. We just obey. We're not, it's not always going to feel like a mountaintop experience. Uh, one of my favorite sayings from Zach is, you know, living a Christian life. 50% of the days of any year are going to be below average. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's yeah, it's true, right? <laughs> it is. Okay, the, just by stati yeah. statistics alone, tell you that you know, out of the fifty-two times you meet to preach as a pastor, you know, twenty-six of those times are going to be below average. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's just yeah. statistics. There's no way around that. So it's the same as a Christian. Half of the days of every year you live as a Christian, you're going to feel below yeah, average as far <laughs> as that's just the way it works. Right. You still obey God in those times. You still get up and read your Bible. You still get up and pray. You still put your foot forward and do the next right thing. Well, 
And I'm my point with that was to say I've been asking for God's help. Mm-hmm. I'm told him how badly I've been doing, and he knew. <laughs> sure. And I was like, I don't want to feel this way. So can you help me out, Lord? I want to do the right thing because, and I want to enjoy it. So mm-hmm. I think he answered that prayer with, with um, us studying together mm-hmm. in the evenings. Maybe he can spark that back in me, that real. Well, and you won't have that nagging feeling of, or the and day that coming ahead. of, oh, I got the day that's going to yeah. start. I need to make a to-do list. I need to, The evening's you know. there, day's over. Mm-hmm. And I would guarantee you most busy parents feel the way I do most, most mornings. <laughs> you know, I always have stuff I could be doing for work. And it's the same thing. And and there are times when um, I get up a little late, my morning routine is a little slow, one of the kids is behind and they're still in their pajamas because their alarm didn't go off. So instead of we're all getting down to the table by 6.30 to start reading, we're down there at, you know, 6.55. It's like, mm. oh, my mm-hmm. soul. Then there are times when it's like, okay, if we're going to do this, I'm going to be a little late to work. Are we just going to cut this out and skip part of it and not, you know, take it seriously and be in a rush? Or am I just going to call my customer and say, hey, I'm running 20 minutes behind. I'm still going to be there. I had a time in my life where I would always cut everything short and get off to work. And I've literally turned 180. Mm. And now I'm like, I could care less about any job that I have in the week. I can start a half hour late. The day's not going. No, no one's going to die. The mm. day isn't going to explode. I'm going to sit here with the kids and we're going to finish reading the Bible and praying and talking about whatever we feel like we need to, you know, to start the day. Okay, so <clears throat> we talked about a handful of other things that I just wanted to kind of mention for people. Uh, we talked about the kids and uh, time that we're going to allow them to play video games and watch TV. So basically screen time, you know, in general, Uh, we talked about uh, what we want to do also where we're uh, physically for the two of us, as far as, you know, diet and working out and some of these things, we made some decisions and we're going to make some changes there, you know, and we just went through uh, our life. And then, like I said, I had the kids uh, all go through their lives individually. And we're just setting some goals, making some plans, and we're going to try to, you know, accomplish a few things. Uh, we took stock of where we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I think it, This is a saying from a preacher that I really loved listening to all the time. He said, if you don't know where you're going, then any train will get you there. And that's the problem is that so many Christian families put no time into planning and preparation. They have no vision. They don't know where they're going. It's easy for churches to do the same thing. And when that's the case... You're going to just wander around. You got it. You're just going to wander around. You don't know where you're going. Mm -hmm. So you need to have a vision. You need to set some goals. You need to make a plan, uh, you know, for how to achieve those goals. And uh, then you're going to go through the year and you're going to fail at half of them. Okay. (laughs) Well, and that's going to happen. But you know what? For me, I can tell you that I um, work out more this year than I did last year. I am reading more books this year than I did last year. Um, 
I made changes in my life and they've all been good for me. And I'm thrilled because of little things that I've changed that have, you know, helped me, helped my family. They've been good for everybody around me. It doesn't matter if I achieve every goal that I set. It just matters that I set some plans and I start moving in the direction of those goals. If I can do that every year, I'm going to be a better person every year than I was the year before. I'm not going to be stuck in a rut. I don't care if I fail at some. I don't care if I totally cross some off. Some might be totally unrealistic. Things change in my life. I don't have the time that I thought I did. Whatever. I just never want to be in a place in my life where I don't sit down and take inventory of my life and set some goals and make a plan. I never want to be in that case. I never want our family to be there. I never want our church to be there. You know, that's that's what I want to do. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I think you covered it pretty well. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is the Bible Thumper Podcast, where somebody's got to say it. You can find us at BibleThumperPodcast.com. And when you go there, you can get on our social media pages, Facebook and YouTube. Please go there and subscribe to the videos. Hit the little bell icon so you get a little notification when a video comes up. And find us on Google Play, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Audible, where we, you can find our podcast everywhere that you find a podcast. Please like it, share it, listen to it, download it, and comment on it. It helps get the podcast around to other people. Thank you for joining us. You can find us almost every single Sunday night. Usually, we start right at 7 o'clock, but when we have AV issues, sometimes we start half an hour later because everything fell apart. But every Sunday night, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, you can find us on here. And we are talking about a variety of uh, controversial subjects in the Bible. And whenever Joanna and I get together, we are talking about Christian families. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week.